Good afternoon. You are listening to the Recovery Hour Talk Radio Show that is being brought to you by the Rockdale County Stepping Up Initiative. You can continue listening to us on the Cat 10 ENT Network by downloading the His Hop Radio app. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Recovery Hour. This is Bill and Tisha, and once again, we have a real treat for you today. Now, I know I always say it, but hell, I ain't been wrong yet. Anyway, with that being said, I would be remiss if I first didn't shout out to our sponsors, the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative that has been adopted here in Rockdale County, the purpose of which is to reduce the number of people in jails that have mental health or substance use disorders or that just look like us on the inside or the outside. Also, I'd like to shout out to our fearless leader, Commissioner Doreen Williams, who is the tip of the spear, because without her belief, her commitment, and her guidance, we probably wouldn't be here doing this like this. And also, I'd like to shout out to Hurricane Maine and Category 10 Entertainment that gives us a platform that gets this message all across the world. And I'd like to shout out to our listeners in Germany and all the other listeners. And thank you for your letters and for your responses and for all of your support. Because it's because of you that we're able to do this. And I believe this is like our 80th some show, so uh, it must be working. Anyway, with that being said, Tanisha, you want to say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land. Absolutely. Hello to everyone in Radio Land, Facebook, um, all of our listeners and our followers. We want to thank you, and I am just grateful to be here another week. And with our guest today, I am super excited for this show today. Wow, yeah. So we brought some friends in today who are powerful women in recovery, partners of ours, and uh, hopefully we can hire them. (laughs) Anyway, uh, just people who I really respect and admire. We have Jessica and Carolyn with us today. As always, my name is Bill. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And the reason I woke up this morning is to have a positive impact on the world around me today and to uh, just give back some of these blessings that have been given to me just got a chance to come back from Texas, went down there and saw some powerful programming. I know that some of you guys out there may not know that I'm also the project developer for the Stepping Up Initiative, which is, an, like I say, which is something that's nationwide. And I realized that the real another purpose for it is to create the options and opportunities for our systems to work to better work better together to connect in a way that people don't fall in between the gaps to do whatever it takes to change the way people flow through our system to create a more positive trajectory i uh, also have recovered from covid for the second time and i'm grateful for that you know i i um uh, I had to take time out and really reflect as I spent two weeks at home and felt in different stages of not well or better or not better, whatever you want to call it, and just realized that uh, COVID has become part of the reality that we live in today. 
and as a frontline service provider, um, just with fully vaccinated and boosted and all that kind of stuff, it still doesn't mean that I'm immune, you know? And uh, just to understand about grace, to just understand about grace and what a blessing that is. Because I know people and have friends, and obviously we've all seen the statistics about people who have uh, been compromised or succumbed to COVID. So I'm feeling better today, feeling great. And for that, I'm grateful. So I just wanted to share that with all of our people out there, all of our listeners, so that they can understand that we can recover. Anyway, with that being said, today we are having a roundtable discussion kind of about recovery and some of the blessings that that brings to our life and how it changes our life. So I'm going to start with you, Jessica. You can introduce yourself to the people out there in Radio Land and uh, tell them what recovery means to you. Hello, my name is Jessica. I'm a single mom of three. I'm 35. I've been in recovery over half a year now. And uh, what it really means to me and what it truly has brought me is to be 100% present in my life to wake up every day and, you know, be aware of what's up going on around me, to have my feelings and process that, to have, watch my children grow, to see them learn new things every day, and to be able to be a part of that. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity, and it's a great blessing to have. Wow, that is so cool. And Carolyn, you want to tell the people out there who you are, and what does recovery mean to you? Well, um, my name is Carolyn Peacock. Thank you for having me back again. Um, I work for Rockdale County Family mm -hmm. Treatment Court as the parenting support and family advocate. I'm also a CPSP, which means that I used my lived experience as a parent of children that have substance, live with substance use and mental health issues. Um, recovery for me means for people to achieve what they want in their life. It means for me, for people to feel like they are worthy um, and they are whole uh, in whatever they see that as being. Wow, yeah, that's really good stuff. What about you, Tanisha? What does recovery mean to you? So it's so interesting every time we speak about what recovery means to me, um, you know, it, it always changes. At one point, recovery was about my sobriety and, you know, trying to make sure that I was staying on the straight and narrow, you know, in the beginning. Today, recovery is a lifestyle for me. It, it's not separate from my life. You know, I, I live recovery every day, and that means that I'm just continuously trying to be the best version of myself. And I know earlier we were on a support group meeting and we were talking about the work that we have to put in. It's a lot of hard work. And in my mind, I was thinking that work never stops because we're always supposed to be working and striving to be the best version of ourselves. You know, even if I, even if I feel like I have become an expert in this, I still can grow in whatever area. You know, there's always room for growth, and I think that that's what recovery means to me today. Well, wow, thank you for sharing that. I, I know that, um, obviously, like you were talking about, recovery is so multifaceted, 
I know that when I first walked in the door to treatment, thought that, and, and it was accurate, I had drug problem, I had alcohol problem. <laughs> I thought that's what my problem was until it had been a couple years with me not drinking and not getting high. And then I realized that recovery was a little more extensive than what I had originally anticipated. Today, having been sober for 15 years, and I realized today that recovery is about what's right with me and how to build upon that. I realized that recovery for me today is about learning and growing and changing and sharing and supporting and, and, you know, recovery today. And I was sharing this with some friends. Today, I can, I can hear with my heart, man. I can feel with my soul. I can, uh, I have the ability to, uh, have an intimate relationship with God and, and that means for me that there are some things I don't have to figure out that he's going to, it's going to get figured out for me. And if I'm in just the best shape, if I'm in the best position, if I'm in the best mindset and the best heart set, then when I encounter whatever I encounter, I will prevail. I, I realized today that one of the things that recovery means for me is that I'm not alone. Should I choose? I have a whole network of people that will support me. And that is something that I missed before. I really thought I was riding solo dolo on that. So let me ask you a question. I know that the recovery process for me has been exponential. It has changed the way I see things. It changed the way I hear things. It has created this whole professional thing for me. Uh, my business is built on recovery. As a matter of fact, the name of my agency is Recovery on Fire. It, it changes the way I process things. Uh, it, it's just like Tanisha was saying, it's all encompassing. How has the process of being in recovery been for you? How has that process been for you? Uh, Jessica, how has the process of being in recovery or in encountering recovery how has that been for you? Well, you just hit home with a lot of the things you said. Um, not being alone. So God told us that we're, there's nothing we'll be given that we can't handle, but he didn't say we do it on our own. You know, it's important to have a network and people that you can connect to. So for the first time in my life, without having to use or drink, I felt like I was able to connect with people that have similar, you know, Similar goals that I do, similar problems that I had. Um, it, it was a very, very good, good thing to be able to have those people around me, my people. And then on top of that, the spiritual awakening that I've that I've become to experience now. It's not that it's a whole new version of me, but it's this version of me that was cloaked or or guarded and, and put away somewhere that now has that freedom and has her voice to be able to come out and. Um, make, make it known now. <laughs> yes, I'm with it. I, I am with it. Carolyn, how has the process of recovery been for you? For me, um, it, it's been interesting to watch the pro progression of 
services and the change in attitude in the community as the years have gone by. I've you know been dealing with uh, issues of mental health and substance use for um, over 30 years in the Rockdale community. So to just see um, the difference, um, the acceptance, the willingness of um, agencies to change their language, to change how they treat people, how they view people, um, it, it's just been very encouraging um, to see those changes over the years. Wow. And, and so one of the things, and we, I'm grateful to have uh, Tanisha and uh, Jesse with us today, I know that you guys went through a program, and so I wanted to kind of ask you a question about that program, because I went through a different program uh, as well, but what were your thoughts when you first entered the program? How was, what, would, what did you think when you first encountered the program? What did you think? What were your thoughts? So, for me, I did not know what to think. One thing I had made up before my first day in the program was that I was going to go into it with an open mind and open heart. And that was different for me because I knew, I already knew that when I walked in there, I was going to hear negative things. I was going to hear all kind of stuff. But I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to walk through this program. I know this is I'm going to give my life a chance pretty much, you know, because this was an opportunity for me to to change. And I knew that I couldn't change on my own. And so um, going into the program, having an open mind and an open heart kind of helped me to whatever I encountered, you know, kind of deal with life on life's terms and not make any judgments based off of what other people's experiences were, but live through my own experiences. And I think it, it, it really did help me. You know, it helped to open up a whole bunch of different resources for me. It helped me as far as with the treatment, it helped me understand and, and I was educated on the whole concept of addiction itself, you know, like I did not know the science behind addiction. So I didn't really know what I was living, but to see it in that perspective opened my eyes. And then to hear like with the victim impact panels and things like that, to hear how my life was, and people like me, you know, who were living the lifestyle that I was living was affecting other people. And we weren't even, you know, not, not on purpose, but how it was affecting the world around us really made me want to change. Wow, that's good stuff. And, and for you, Jesse, what were your thoughts when you first entered the program? Mine was a little different. I was reluctant to admit that I had any kind of problem. I knew that I would never change on my own, and I knew that I needed help. But I had a, a goal in mind. I, I wanted my kids back. I was going to do it to get my kids back. I was going to do whatever it took to get my kids back. And then slowly it started sinking in. And one day it was like a switch just flipped. And then I realized it's actually working because I started putting in, like, I gave it a chance. I opened my mind. Once I opened my mind and I opened my heart to it, my whole life changed. Wow. And it was tough in the beginning. And it was people like Tanisha that really kept me focused because I could see how much it was doing for, for someone else. Wow. And that therefore I could do it for me too. Wow. But I was, I, it was hard at first. It is our extreme pleasure 
to have such strong community partners such as Viewpoint Health to join us in our journey to recovering individuals as well as systems and procedures. Viewpoint Health offers an array of services and resources for individuals with mental health challenges, substance use challenges, as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. To connect with them, please visit their website at www.myviewpointhealth.org or you can call 678-209-2411. And, and you know, for me, I get, reluctance doesn't quite sum up what I was feeling <laughs> when I came in. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I came here for one reason, that was to get away from the police. Right. That's it. I was not here. I'm not trying to hear all that. And whatever that is y'all talk about, you know, just sign, put my name on the paper. I did not want to change. I did not come here to change. I did not, none of that. I just wanted to wait till that policeman was gone. And, and those consequences that were hanging over my head were moved. They didn't have to be gone. Just move them because they were getting ready to drop on me. And uh, that's the only reason I came in. And... The one thing that for me, because I had a lot of consequences, I was in trouble. And that trouble was about 15 years. And, and I knew at 50, I couldn't do 15 years. I did not want to do 15 more years because when I added that up, that added up to dead for me. And uh, so I said, you know, all right, put, sign me up. And uh, I white-knuckled it. I, I just white-knuckled it. My beliefs and, and my historically traditional behaviors, my reactivity, all of those things made it so hard for me. You know how you ever said to somebody, just chill out, don't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got straight in mind. You know, I was one of those kind of people. And uh, I was so, uh, I, I was so fragile. And, and I thought it was tough. I, th I thought I was tough. Uh, I, I thought I was tough, but really I was fragile. And I didn't know that. And, and God has allowed me to see that today. But, you know, I used to think I was tough because I had three guns. I used to walk around with three guns. And, and I thought that meant I was really tough. But if you got three guns, it must mean you're really afraid of something because you got three guns, not just one, you know. And I, uh, I didn't know what this program would do. I didn't know. I couldn't see other people. I, I, I didn't. I had really, and this is sad to say, I was 50 years old and I had never had a human experience. I, I had survival experiences. I had jail experiences, I had hood experiences, I had gutter experiences, and the only spiritual experience I really had was God just giving grace and mercy to me because I was pretty much mayhem. And uh, I was really closed. My mind was really closed. My heart was closed. And the program still worked. That's what is really big for me. It still worked. With that being said, when you, when you came in, what was your understanding of your drug use or alcohol use or, or your mental health challenges? Um, what was your understanding of that? I, I know that when I came in, 
it was so much a part of what I was and who I was. I didn't even have an understanding that it was, I was it. And I couldn't see me without it. There was no scenario. There was nothing I could read or anything that could make me believe that I could ever separate myself from it. It was part of who I was. And, and I remember people used to ask me, why did you do that? It's like, I don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? I did it because that's what I do. You know, um, what was your understanding of your 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 substance use or alcohol use or mental health challenges when you came? So when I first came into the program, I didn't know that I had things that qualify as mental health. I knew that I had suffered some trauma as a child. Um, but I, and I didn't even realize as an, as an adult, some of the things that I was going through with depression and all the things that led me to all of my drug use was from traumatic events throughout my life. I had no idea into it. Like I said, I think being in the program and the continued education after the program really opened my mind up to learn more about me and connect the dots. Like, okay, so... Maybe the trauma led to this, and maybe that's why I feel these ways. Maybe this is why I have a trend of these kind of relationships, you know? So, yes, I knew I had a problem with alcohol. I did drugs, but I, that wasn't my problem in my mind as far as, uh, you know, compared to alcohol. Alcohol was my problem. But I never thought that, I thought that if I got my alcohol under control, using alcohol under control, then or I slowed down, then I would be okay. I never thought that I could never drink alcohol again. It was coming into the program, learning that if I pick up another drink, that I'm going to start right back where I was. All of that information that kind of made me change my mind once I was sober, because if I would have learned that stuff while I wasn't sober, then, of course, I would have ignored it. But, um, yeah, I knew I had a problem, but I thought that I could control it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, uh, Jesse? I think that was very well said. I 100% agree with that. I didn't even consider that I had any kind of problem, any kind of, you know, I knew I was using too much, but but I still functioned, you know, I still had work, the kids still went to school. I just didn't realize how much of my life I just lived in that. Just being able to get out of bed every day and just do it, you know? Not not being up here and not being down here, but just being able to function for the day. And that was, you know, uh, a eye-opening experience to get sober and then to have everything come at you a thousand percent, yeah. you know, with, with no other kind of option to, to get away from it. And then you have to face who you are in the mirror every day. And then the mental health is like, well, maybe, you know, these are some reasons why and these are why I have these feelings, you know, this is why I have these feelings. And to address that was a big part of my recovery and making sure. And when I first started the program, I told myself, well, I'll just get through it. And then I can go back to what I was doing. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't until I started taking those classes and going to those groups with people who've been there, done that, that I realized that I'm not a person that could have one drink or do one thing and, and then put it down. I'm going to go all the way because... If I don't fix what was going on inside from 
from the past, even from now, it was never going to be better. You, you know, you say something that's so powerful. And, and <laughs> today when I look back at it, it's ludicrous. But, dude, I had to figure it out, right? I knew that I had drug problems. Because I did drugs all the time, and it was a problem when I ran out of drugs. And it was a problem for everybody who was around me when I ran out or when I was trying to get it. So, yeah, I got a drug problem. I didn't really think I had an alcohol problem because the only time I drank alcohol was when I was so high that my head was gearing to fly off. So I just drank alcohol to keep my head from flying off. I didn't really enjoy drinking alcohol, but it would keep me from flying through the sun. So... I didn't think I had an alcohol problem. I just thought I had a drug problem, and then I drank to keep my drug problem at bay. What I knew I did not have was a mental health challenge. I don't have, if you would have said, do you think you have mental health challenges? See, because first of all, I've been ready to fight you. <laughs> now, the fact that I had hit multiple people in the head with a baseball bat does not mean I have mental health challenges. It means they have challenges, and they were they made me do it. I, I had absolutely no idea of how the traumatic past that I had had or the traumatic life I was living contributed to me being a monster. Because where I was living at, you had to be a monster to even survive. Because I was, I was in deep. And, and so you have to kind of be twisted to even be there. Because there is dangerous. It is gutter. Emotions or liabilities ain't no nice, nice, nice. What you know what I'm saying? Because what they are when people say, "Yeah, you're nice," they don't mean you're nice. They mean you're good at being bad, right? So um, I didn't realize. I really didn't. I didn't realize I wasn't co-signing it. I wasn't signing off on it. Uh, but when I figured it out, and I think even bigger. I think probably the biggest thing for me that I realized today that I didn't realize is that I was spiritually bankrupt. I had absolutely, I was spiritually disconnected and, and I had absolutely no idea how to, how to hook the wire up. And, and the only time that I even remotely attempted to plug it in, the, the spiritual connection was when I was in super trouble and I plug it in for the foxhole prayer. Now, who I was praying to, I have no idea, right? Because <laughs> I wasn't praying to the God of my understanding because I was so bad that I was trying to avoid him because <laughs> I knew his gig was when he saw me, he's like, you know, the dude in the red suit comes out, right? You know what I mean? And, and so I was just trying to avoid all that. But um, I would imitate or mimic that uh, when I was in trouble. I never, uh, and, and I didn't realize that till much later in the program. So let me ask you a question. When y'all were in the program, what was the most challenging part of the program for you? For me, it was, it changed every phase so far. Um, it was, in the beginning, the language. Okay. You know, being told I was an addict, being told I had these problems, being lumped into a category with everyone else that mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I belonged in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, and it was also being told what to do all the time, yeah. being micromanaged with my every aspect of my life. You know, from when I wake up to when I go to bed. You know, what I what I can do, what I can eat and drink, what I can, um, you know, where I can work, and those things. I I kind of fought hard against that, but after a while, it all 
it it works. It works. So you can't really argue with it. And I still have moments where yeah. it comes in uh, to affect, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, you can't do this. And I might say, well, I don't see why I can't, but I do it because I trust the process. process. I trust yeah. the people that are there for me because it's worked so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And then after it's all said and done, I can have, I can go back and say, well, they were right. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Because they could see something that I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I was too invested, too involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good stuff. What about for you, Timo, the most challenging part of it? It was probably two things for me. One, and this is me individually, is because I didn't have transportation while I was in the program. So getting back and forth to testing was difficult for me. And the anxiety around, oh, if I'm going to miss it, did I remember to call the testing line? You know, and I was keeping a log in my phone, you know, put the code in there when you, you know, when you test and make sure you do this. So because in on like in the back of my head I always thought like okay they're going to try to catch you up and mm-hmm. you know like this is a setup a little bit up, you know yeah. and if they say even if you tested they might say you missed testing and you know make sure you on top of that so that was always going in my head um I think the other thing for me was I think like you say is um having people I guess look at look down at you or talk down to you and realizing, you know, we're people just like you. You know, we messed up in life, but, you know, I'm probably just as old as some of the other people in here, so I think I deserve respect. You know, right. you know, I understand that I messed up, but I'm sure a lot of the people who are working in these programs have made mistakes in their lives, too. You know, um, so I think that was, you know, I had challenges with that, just kind of, the way people communicated, maybe not so respectively or not really talk to you as a person. Um, But then that's where it helps to have, you know, your peer support people who have experience, who can talk to you and say, hey, there's no judgment. We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness. lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge, and we offer support, education, and advocacy. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at are local to the Rockdale Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namirockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at NAMI Rockdale So I want to ask you another question. What do you appreciate the most about your recovery? What do you appreciate the most about your recovery? I'm going to start with you, Tanisha, because you're greatly appreciative. What do you appreciate the most about your recovery? It's hard for me to just pick one thing that I'm grateful for. I'm definitely grateful for the connections. I don't think I would make it without the connections to people like you, uh, Mr. Bill. Just like 
everybody in the community who ha- has been supportive in this process for me. I don't I don't think I would. Is the recording working? I want to make sure we got that on the record. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Let me clip that out, okay? <laughs> Get that in the editing book. No, but I, I really I really am. I don't think I would have made it this far without the people. Uh, I think that's probably one of the most important things. And then I kind of look at my recovery as a second chance. So I guess without my recovery as a whole, I mean, that's that's something that I'm very grateful for, just my recovery as a whole. All of the learning opportunities, you know, all of the information that I get, I, I try to spread it. You know, I try to share knowledge all the time. It helps me in parenting my children, you know, so... I would say the people, definitely my recovery as a whole, and the learning opportunities. What, what about you, Jesse? Um, what is it that you appreciate? What are some of the things you appreciate about your recovery? Having my life, you know, being able to be here today. And, and that way, I appreciate what I went through to get here, too, because now I know how important it is. Yeah. And what I've learned, like you said, what what it is um, to teach our children mm-hmm. how to be, how to become a better version of ourselves every single day and that effort that it takes and the appreciation to even have the opportunity to make that effort every day. I'm you, grateful for it. You're right. And, you know, one day my little girl said something to me and uh, it was really interesting. She asked me, she said, Daddy, I was listening to, because I send her my stuff, and she was listening to it, and she's watched me do groups and different things. And she said to me, she said, Daddy, are you like a teacher or a preacher? (laughs) (laughs) And, And what a humbling thing, because it's like, just like a little person is trying to do a little better than I did yesterday. And uh, it depends upon from what vantage point I measure it because it's very easy for me to look back at who I was and who I am now and feel like I'm doing really well, right? But then when I look forward at who God designed me to be and what's possible for me, then I realize I have a great deal that I can change and learn and grow. I... Uh, Think about the things I appreciate about my recovery. I think probably what the biggest thing is the relationship, the newfound relationship that I have with God. Um, Because, and I know he does anyway. He watches out for me anyway. But I'm not bumping into as many things as I was. I used to be walking around like bumping into stuff and he was probably like, oh man, um, I wonder if he's going to make it, you know. I was falling off of stuff and running into stuff and getting run over and getting beat up and getting shot at and getting locked up and and, and just really doing counterproductive things. I'm grateful today that I'm not in that super destructive orientation. Um, think about that some evenings when I've really thought about it during COVID when, when I was sitting there and uh, not just the two years that we were locked up, but... I was thinking about that last week as I was sitting there and uh, I didn't, uh, couldn't leave the house. 
And I was thinking about what a comfortable house I have to not leave. And I was thinking about how much work I have to do that's coming to me where I'm at. And I think about all the people that when COVID happened, they lost their jobs or couldn't go to work or whatever. And, and here I am, I'm doing my job from the house. And uh, I, I was thinking about another thing that I have to be appreciative of is I have a circle of support. And, and I used to be too toxic for people to really support me. You had to like... <laughs> You know, they had to beam me down to the planet. You know what I mean? And kind of talk to me from the ship. Hey, throw food out. <laughs> All right, drop the food to him. You know, he's like the monster on the planet. You know, he used to be the person we love, but we can't go down there anymore. When, when I had COVID, you could not count how many people called me and asked me, do you need anything? And And I'm talking about People were dropping it off at the door. You know, just about everybody. <laughs> I mean, there were probably some people there were saying, yay! But, you know, <laughs> for the most part, uh, my circle of support was they were to make sure I was okay. And uh, I uh, I've got a multitude of emails today of people that were saying, so how are you? And it's been three weeks, you know. People are actually, most people are actually concerned. So uh, I thought that was really incredible. So I guess my next question is, what are your goals, wishes, hopes, and dreams, and goals? What are, what are some of your goals, Carolyn, that you have both for yourself and, and for our systems and for the people we serve? What are some of those goals? Goals for myself? is um, I just want to keep learning. I learn probably just as much from the people I work with as they're learning from me. Yes. Um, I've learned to be more grateful. I've learned to be more present myself in my children and grandchildren's lives as I work with these parents um, that some have their children, some that are working on getting their children back. Um, just being appreciative for what I've been afforded and that I have some small skills that maybe can support other people. For our systems, I'm just hopeful that they keep on the same track that they're on, maybe fast track it a little bit more mm -hmm. as far as their attitudes and language and just being people first. And that would be a goal also. I just, I don't see that enough of the people in the recovery community are part of the decision makers. Mm -hmm. There's not enough of them on boards. You know, I really, I feel like a successful program would eventually turn everything over to the participants or consumers or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Because who knows better how the support you need than the people that have been through an experience. And so that's one thing I would just like to see and just more education in in our community. Uh, a lot of people don't know the services that are out there, and this affects every single family. Mental health, uh, substance use, every single family. And a lot of people just keep it secret, don't know where to turn, um, and to just, when they learn, you know, the only thing that makes a difference in people's lives is 
a positive connection with another human being. Yes. That's it. That's the only thing. And so to learn how to make that support tree, learn how, what supports are here, um, how to access those supports, how to build a support system around you, that sort of education for the community. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, what, what is so interesting about what you just said is that what you described is the very difference between a psychiatric rehabilitation program and a recovery-oriented system of care. And and if they ever get it, (laughs) you know, one of the things that I think that I am so grateful for uh, today, other than being able to sit here with you guys, which of course is great, I know that we are doing a lot of work with changing the way these systems view us. I was thinking about that as Tanisha and I went on our last adventure that the sheriff went, the commissioner went, the director of finance went, the director of building went, the lead clinician went, and her and I went. So shout out to our fearless leader, Commissioner Williams, because she she got it. She got it. I, I remember when she hired me, a person in recovery, who, uh, for many, many years, intentionally and significantly failed at living life, just period, and who came into recovery and uh, made a decision to change and uh, was given many chances and, and many opportunities, which I took a great deal of those chances and opportunities use them to advantageously. And I remember when I sat down in those panels of interviews when I first got here, and uh, she's the one that brought me into that. And I remember when those people interviewed me, they were like, mm. <laughs> they came out of them interviews, you know, saying, mm, I don't know. And she said, I know. It's the one. And uh, as we sat in, in our meetings, when we were gone, a lot of the things that we're doing here now, like, this written grace and you know the ODR project and the diversion center and you know, those co-responder models. A lot of those things I did those ten years ago. You know what I mean? In experimental projects. And and I think that uh, when they chose me for the experimental projects, I think they chose me because they knew the work would be really hard and really interesting and. He said, well, who's going to do that? He said, hey, you see that guy out there? <laughs> hey, dude, come here. You, you know what I'm saying? We got a job for you. And Because uh, a lot of people thought it was dangerous. But it's not more dangerous than where I came from. It's not more dangerous than going into projects at 3 o'clock in the morning with $5 trying to buy some crack. You know what I mean? That's dangerous. You know, it, It's not more dangerous than sitting in prison for 15 years. That is dangerous. It's not more dangerous than uh, trying to get high off of whatever that is, however much you got, and as much as I can do 
it's not more dangerous than that. That's dangerous. Uh, so I, I, I see some changes. I see as I look at some of the things we're doing. Tomorrow I am doing a presentation for the Glenn County Board of Commissioners because they want to understand what we're doing. I'm doing that presentation with the lady who is from Chatham County, who is over there stepping up initiative. And it was back in 2016 when I brought the resolution for stepping up to their board of commissioners. And, 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 I, and I say that not because of the I part, but because of the we part. Because we are, just like you said, intimately involved in the decision-making process probably one of the most powerful change agents that they've ever had with their county government and changing their jails and their courts and their hospitals and, and their their programming and making it work together and, and, and then creating things that support that because we know it works. We know it has to happen like that. We know that the other part doesn't work as well. So I think that's really big. We're also working with uh, this thing, uh, convening counties, which is another meeting that we're in. We're doing some work with the mental health collaboratives, uh, which me and Dr. Compton are supporting them, which is a subcommittee for the state and, and legislative community. And we're presenting to them about what we're doing with the Opening Doors to Recovery Project. We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockville County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockville County Recovery Community. We know that it takes all parts of the community to carry out this vision and to you, Jesse, being here today is what that change looks like. Tanisha, being here today is what that change looks like. Us being here today, that's what that change looks like. The privilege I have of talking with you today is that I can't remember how many years ago it was, two, maybe two years ago, I was sitting down with her having the same conversation. The same conversation. You're doing much better at it than she did. However, because she was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, so you know what they say, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. No, but that's, I, I know that I remember when I heard people talk about her and they said, oh, yeah. That's Tanisha. She's an artist. Okay. When they saw her, they saw an artist. Which is great. But when we saw her, we saw a creative marketing consultant. Which is greater. You know, because now her art and her artistic abilities and everything is paisley, but it's changed <laughs> the landscape in this tremendous way so that when she sits at the table and, and we come to tables and people say, 
So introduce yourselves. And she said, my name is Tanisha, and I'm a creative marketing consultant. And people say, oh, that's who Tanisha is. <laughs> they see the little video spinning in their head. What they don't know is that, that she's a mother and that, that she's a business owner, that she's all those things. And uh, that's what I see when I see you. I see the mother. I see the business owner. I see all those things. And uh, I want you to know that I didn't just see it today. I saw it as we were doing our thing, and I would see them in the back, <laughs> and you're navigating that. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yes. Um, and what does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, yes, it means, yeah. You know what I mean? Just navigating all that and, and with a smile, having Miss Carolyn with us uh, that uh, remember the first time I heard her speak and I said yeah one of those you know what I mean like wow so I want to ask you guys a question um, I know that we here at Grit and Grace are trying to create opportunities for change we are trying to create a place where community can come and experience recovery in the way they believe it should happen, a place where we can bring our children and they can experience recovery in, in a whole different way, um, a place where we can be creative, where we can create messaging, where we can obtain careers, where we can get information that we can convert into recovery capital and nobody can take it back. Tanisha kind of touched on it. She said one of the powerful things about her recovery is all the opportunities she's had to learn. And uh, I've learned so much that today I don't, you know, I can come on and do groups, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's part of me. It's like this thing, I've become binary because it's inside me. And, and that's an incredible thing for me because uh, I used to have a lot of different stuff inside me. I want to ask you a question of, what do you think you would like to do if you had an opportunity to do anything in our networks, in our systems, in your life? What would be some of the things you think you might like to do? So this is crazy because I never really thought I would do it before, but I'd like to speak to people. I'd like to bring people together. I'd like to let somebody out there that felt like I did know that they're not alone. That, that it can change, you can change, you can make that choice one day, today, tomorrow, today's better, mm. but you can make that choice and change. I, I would like to do that or be any part of that. So we have a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so, so absolutely, you just did it today. And believe me, we got you slated for as soon as you're ready. I was really uh, nervous. My hands are sweaty the whole time. Man, I don't know why. So, Miss um, Carolyn, what message do you have uh, for all the people out there that are going to hear the sound of your voice today? My message is to be kind to each other. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to each other. It covers a multitude of sins. Wow, that's really good stuff. And um, Jesse, what message do you have for all the people that are going to hear the sound of your voice? 
that you're not alone. You can do it. You can wake up today and choose a different life. Wow. Yeah, that's really super powerful. Tanisha, like, I want to ask you a question, Tanisha. So you've been hanging out for about a couple of years now. What's different? What would you say are some of the things that are different about you? Oh, well, about me, um, definitely that I am more spiritually connected. I think that I am, I'm even more open-minded and more um, aware, you know, more present, like like you were saying, Jessica, um, just being present, you know, in time and being grateful for today. Like, just for today has a whole nother meaning, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I do, I, I owe that all to my spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I, when we were talking about what were some of the things that we were grateful for in our recovery, I remember in the beginning, that's all I would say. I'm grateful for my my restored spiritual connection. And I am. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't say that earlier, but I am. I'm so grateful for my spiritual connection. And so what differences do you see in the systems over the last couple of years that you have been a change agent and as well as uh, being actively involved in that process of change? Oh, I, I probably, <laughs> well, I definitely wouldn't have been on that trip going to Texas had it been a few years ago. You right. know, I think that people are opening up because they are learning, because they are made aware of things that are going on right up under their noses. Yes. You know? So we see language changing. We see people being more empathetic. We see people wanting to make those connections and treat people more respectfully. It's happening slowly but surely, but it's happening. And that's that's kind of what we can go on today is just the hope that it will kind of spread like this COVID virus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it can spread like that, man, yeah. we are done. Right. Right, we are done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So one of the things, and I think you touched on something really powerful, and, and this is just to the point that you made, a couple of years, a couple of months ago, we wouldn't have been on the trip. And if we wouldn't have put in the type of work we put in, we wouldn't have been on the trip. Mm-hmm. And this is the this is the great thing. They didn't just take us on the trip because they love recovery and you know, recovery is good. And we went on the trip because our, our fingerprint right. is on the thing. They took us on the trip because we are substantive in that process of change. So that when you say to, and this is a privilege, and I'm humbled by it. Trust me, I'm humbled by it. To be in a, a city, and I've been here for only about three years, and those people who are working with have been here for 20, 30 years. Right? To be in a city, and if you talk to the judges, to the sheriff, to the commissioners, to the doctor, or to the teacher, or the preacher, or whoever, and if you say, who is Tanisha? And they say, oh, yeah, she's with Stepping Up. Or who is Bill? You talking about Bill Carruthers? And they probably, some of them probably say, and then some of them probably say, you know what I'm saying? But they know. 
Do they know about, I don't know. If they Google, then they know about who we were. But if they Google, they also know about who we are. And, and if they're bigger than Google, they know about who we're going to be. Because all of the passive voices, all of the people that have sit here and said, this don't work and this needs to change. And, and I, I know that when I sat down with the commissioner and I first told her, we're going to do radio shows or in Tunisia, blah, 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 blah. And I remember she said to me, well, maybe we can, you guys can come up with them and maybe we can get students from the school to do them. I'm like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or maybe we can get, we can just give them the ideas and they can put together the content. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Anyway, with that being said, I want to thank you ladies for taking time out of your busy schedules. To, to come and sit down with us today. And Tanisha, you want to tell all the people out there in Radio Land how they can get this message. Absolutely. So first, just let everybody know that my message is to create positive connections. I believe that's very important in our recovery. And as always, we invite you all to stay connected with us. And how you do that is you can go to our website, which is rockdalesteppingup.com. You can go to the bottom of that webpage and click on the little Stay Connected tab. On that Stay Connected tab, it will take you to a library of our monthly newsletters. And on each one of those newsletters, there will be a Commissioner's Corner, which is a message from Dr. Doreen Williams telling you all about the Stepping Up Initiative, what we're doing here in Rockdale in the recovery community, as well as there is a video of a champion of recovery, a person in recovery that we have selected for the month to tell their story and share their recovery experience with everyone. We also select a champion of change, which is a person or a partner um, in the community who is creating positive change in our community. Uh, we also have several different recovery resources, um, announcements, events, we have apps in there. And so a couple of our announcements that I did want to mention for International Overdose Awareness Day, we will be having an event at the Conyers First United Methodist Church, and that will be on August 31st, which is a Wednesday evening from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and we will be talking, we will have speakers there, we will have uh, free Narcan kits and education on overdose awareness. Also, uh, we will be having several different recovery events coming up for Recovery Month. We're very excited about September. We have a listening session coming up on September 16th, and that's going to be here at Grit and Grace, which is 1400 Parker Road from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., and it's a listening session to get everyone out from the community to let your voices be heard and let you let us know how Grit and Grace can support you all in the recovery community and in the Rockdale community, period. Also, we want to invite you all, if you like this message that you heard today, to continue to hear these messages on Category 10 ENT. Tune in on every Wednesday at 12 noon and Thursdays at 1 p.m. We invite you to follow Grit and Grace on all of their social media platforms, which is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. 
And if you cannot tune in to the podcast on Wednesdays or Thursdays, we're also listed on several different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back. Yay! Boy, every time she says that, I'm so glad that ain't me. Yes! <laughs> That's why I take them beatings like a man. Anyway, with that being said, I just want to thank everybody for your time. And I thank everybody out there in Radio Land for your support. We're going to keep coming back. We're going to keep giving you our best. And we know God will be the best. Let's see y'all soon. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.